Some people collect stamps, precious stones, or artifacts from another time. Me, I collect stories. I love stories that come out of conversation because they hold so many things all at once. Memories, emotions, lessons, new perspectives, comic relief, and so much more. They have the power to move us, to open our hearts, to connect us, to heal us. Stories offer a window into another person's universe, and I get to see what it's like to experience life from their eyes. They are an invitation to celebrate what makes us unique and what makes us the same. But most of all, I love how stories bring us together. How they harmonize us. How they remind me that each one of us is an essential voice in one glorious symphony. Welcome, my friends, to the harmony of stories. Good rising, everybody. How are you doing today? It is May twenty third, twenty twenty three, and it's around seven a.m. here. It's been a really good week. I've decided to do some fasting these past few days, and I feel really good.、Um, it's a juice, fruit, and water fast, so I have been having that. And I heard somebody the other day say that he was doing a dry fast, so that's like no water. <laughs> I haven't attempted that, but maybe I will one day. But yeah, I feel really good. I'm glad that I listened to my body. I just feel like I needed, well, not needed, just could do with a little reset, you know. And yeah, feel good. I've got good energy, and yeah, I hope that you had a good week too, and that this week will be a wonderful one for you. It's hard to believe that we are on episode ten now, and. To all my regular listeners, thank you so much for your love and support. It means the world to me. So before we begin, I just wanted to do a little ad. This podcast is sponsored by a new business that I started, in which I get to spread the word about this incredible breakthrough technology called Asia. I believe that this will revolutionize the health and wellness space on this planet. Asia is a health and anti-aging technology that represents a new category of science that is ten to fifteen years ahead of its time. Any challenge you can think of, we are seeing astonishing results. It is the only technology in the world that can increase, clarify, and amplify how the cells in your body communicate with each other. If that's something you'd like to know more about, you can book a call with me at wildflower.cloud. Slash book. Alternatively, you can learn a bit more if you go to the support my work page on my website and scroll down to where it says Asia. As usual, you'll find those links on the show notes. In this episode, I share my conversation with my friend Deronda. Deronda is the president of the Homemakers Association here in Knox County, Kentucky. She is a retired teacher, and she is currently homeschooling her grandson. She also teaches Bible study at her local church. We talked about retirement, 
caretaking elders, of course teaching and homeschooling, self-directed learning, reading, and cross-stitch. That's your favorite thing. This was such a heartwarming conversation. I enjoyed it very much. Deronda is a bright light of a human being. I'm sure you'll agree with me after listening to this. Our song of the week is called Sunshine Song. I think it has a different title too, but I'll find that link for you. The one on YouTube is a much better version than the one on Spotify. But the song is available on Spotify. I believe it's a live version, so it's like the first minute is uh, just instrumental. So the song doesn't start till, till after that. Have a magical day, everybody. Lots of love. Alright, good morning. I am here today at the Barberville Extension Office, and I'm sitting across my friend Deronda. She is the president of the Homemakers Association here in Knox County in Barberville, Kentucky, and she has very graciously agreed to join me for the podcast today. How are you doing, Deronda? Good morning, Francis. I'm doing really, really well today. It's beautiful outside. Yeah compared to what we had yesterday with the storms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm very glad that we're able to be sitting here talking to each other. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for your time. So can we talk about the homemakers? Actually, before we do that, I'll share with our listeners how we met. So I was a vendor at the farmer's market last year and you set up a table there for the homemakers association i guess you were trying to recruit people to come to the the meetings and to join and i think kelsey told me to check out your table and i'm so glad i did because yeah and we started to come here to join your meetings and we just absolutely love it well nina and i do (laughs) maybe jack not so much not so much (laughs) yeah but yeah i tell all my friends about about your meetings because it's just like this big you know, hug. <laughs> You're all so wonderful and warm and happy, and and we we just felt so welcome. So thank you for that. Well, you are quite right. That's we did have a table set up, advertising our homemakers. We are part of the University of Kentucky Extension. Okay. And we are sort of a hidden treasure. I think a lot of people aren't aware of the homemaker organization or even the Extension office itself. And we just love getting together with each other. Most of the ladies are from different walks of life, different careers. Many of them are retired. But we enjoy getting together. We enjoy sharing a meal together. And we work on projects that, not large projects, but small projects (laughs) that we hope will benefit the community. You guys are a real asset. Well, you ladies are a real asset to the community. So how long has the Homemakers Association been going for? Or how long have you been involved with that? I've personally been involved since 2014, which we're, we're coming up on 10 years now. Wow. I started getting involved by invitation from a friend who's still in the Homemaker Organization. Before that, I was at public school elementary teacher. I did that for 27 years. (laughs) And once I retired, I did have some family members who were ill and needed my help at home. Okay. 
Then once they no longer needed my help, I got involved in this organization and I'm absolutely thrilled. I have met so many wonderful ladies of the community that I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to yeah. have met if we hadn't gotten together here. That's so great. Yeah. So that was your first sort of retirement um, outlet or yeah. <laughs> activity that you did. Are you involved with any other groups too? Uh, besides homemakers, I'm very involved in my local church. Okay. I, I teach. I'm involved. They have a missions group there that does crafts. I like to do crafts. <laughs> uh, we also have a ladies' organization there within the church that does small mission projects from the church to the community. Okay. And then I teach uh, an adult Sunday school class in my local church. Oh, do you really? Yes. An adult one. You wow. didn't know that about me. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. What's that like? Uh, we are, I teach the older adult ladies, and it is another wonderful group. Okay. These ladies are so supportive of me. They, <laughs> they excuse me when I make mistakes, and they help me along as we go. And it's another close-knit group that I've bonded with over okay. the years. So do you choose the topic each week, or is it kind of in line with what the pastor has? Well, our church, is a ba- it's a Baptist church, Southern Baptist Church, and they have their own material Okay. so that we get quarterlies, and they have the suggested topics in scriptures and things like that. Okay. It makes it a little easier. I don't have to come up with those on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I do my best to study and present, Mm -hmm. and these ladies, with all of their years' experience, personal experience, they can add so much to that discussion. Yeah, I bet that's a really rich, you know. Our current topic has been temptations. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been interesting to say the least <laughs> yeah it's nice to have a safe like group of women to talk about that yeah. topic yeah it's and they've been really good to share their own personal experiences and, and it, it's it's been really nice wow it's so important isn't it to have just sisterhood yes and that space to be able to just yeah share and learn from each other that's just so valuable it is yeah. They've had so much more experience than I have, but the experiences I'm having, I'm hoping that I'm passing down some good information I'm for sure those you younger are. than I am, because we do need each other. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so great that you do that. So 10 years, you're coming up to 10 years since you retired. Oh, no. No? Just 10 years in Homemakers. Okay. I actually retired from teaching in 1999, and then I spent the next... 15 years, actually being a caregiver. My mother was ill first, and then after she passed, then my father needed my help. And then I had an aunt who had never married, who lived close by, and uh, I took care of her until she passed. So from the time I retired from teaching until 2014, I was involved with seeing that they were taken care of. So I needed that outlet of homemakers by that time. Yeah. And raised two boys and in the meantime. So Yeah. How old are your boys now? My 
oldest is 46. <laughs> he lives in Nashville, and he runs his own business. He uh, he does mastering for mastering. Uh, music for oh. three different companies. Oh, I see, like mastering records, like recordings? Uh, yes, recordings. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and then my youngest is 39. 39. He'll have to forgive me if he hears this before his birthday. He'll be 39 on his birthday. (laughs) And uh, he lives in Hebron near Cincinnati. Cincinnati is that? Ohio. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Ohio. I'm like, okay, I was thinking totally different place. (laughs) (laughs) And he works for a company that helps uh, in job placement, helps individuals find jobs, sort of like a a job mart, I guess that kind of yeah that kind of situation. Is that for like the local government there mm. or privately? It it must be a privately owned thing. He doesn't mention government very much. Okay. So it must be more of a private kind yeah. of organization. So here I am in southeastern Kentucky, and they went in totally opposite directions. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm about halfway between both of them. So. Yeah, at least. It's not all the way in California. Or, <laughs> true. You know. yeah. So true. Yeah. So do you all get together for all the holidays? Christmas is the big one and Thanksgiving. Other than that, it can be really difficult because their wives work and scheduling vacations and trying mm. to get together is a challenge. Yeah. But we do the best we can. Yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot. FaceTime's a great thing. I know, it is, isn't it? It's wonderful. And so your grandchildren, how many do you have? I have two grandchildren. I have one grandson and one granddaughter. The granddaughter will be turning 13 in about a week. (laughs) I know. It's kind of scary to think of having a teenager. Yeah. And then my grandson will soon be eight. Okay. That's a really fun age. It is. Jack is eight. He's about to turn nine, and I'm like... No. <laughs> Soon it'll be two digits, you know. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I used to hang out with um my friend Lynn in Texas and her son's thirteen now. And I didn't see him for a long time and then they came to visit and he's a young man, you know, he's taller than me, his voice sounds different, and I just it just makes me want to cry. <laughs> it does. <laughs> because he was just a little boy, you know. My granddaughter is taller than I am already at at 12 going on 13. Wow. Yeah. I, I can show you a picture. It won't help your listeners. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh my but it's amazing how tall she is. She's involved with uh, an orchestra at her school. She plays violin. Oh, my gosh. And they recently competed in uh, a competition in Gatlinburg, in the Dollywood wow. area there. Wow. And did really well, I think. They did uh, quite well on that. Oh, my goodness. Really proud of her. Wow. I'd love to learn how to play the violin. <laughs> I'll, I'll add that to my list for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So do you get? Do you usually try to go to these shows? Is it too far? Uh, when she first began, I tried to attend recitals, concerts, whatever they call an orchestra thing. But... Sometimes their schedule and my schedule don't match. Yeah. So, but they usually send me video yeah. of it yeah. so that I can tell her how proud I am. <laughs> You're <her>. a busy lady. <laughs> I am. I, I do stay pretty busy. Would you say you're busier now than when you were teaching? Yes. <laughs> really? 
<laughs> because when you're teaching, that sort of takes up all your time. When you're not at the school and you're preparing lessons for your classes, but now I do the things I want to do. Yeah. And I stay really busy doing those things. I don't think I could ever get bored when I retire. There's just too many options. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Francis, that's something I've never really understood. People saying, I'm bored. Because there are so many things that you can do. Yeah. You know? And if you choose something and it turns out you don't like it, no big deal. Just try something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I've spoken to, well, I, I haven't spoken to. I guess I've heard stories of people who do find it difficult. And I think... I'm thinking a lot of that has to do with because their identity was so tied to the job that they did before and it's kind of hard to remember what you like after that, maybe. Maybe. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. But, yeah, I've always been good at sort of entertaining myself or finding things to keep myself busy, so... Yeah, what what do you like nowadays? Now, besides uh, the things that we do with at Homemakers and the things that we do at church, my favorite thing to do is county cross-stitch. Cross-stitch? Yes. I gotta see some of your work. (laughs) I'll have to, I'd love to bring some. Are you going to be able to be with us at any more of our homemaker meetings? Well, I really, really want to, but I promised my husband that the last month would be the the final one because we just need to focus on Yes. On moving. But I got a call earlier. Who was it? Diana. She called me, and I'm just like, I really want to come. <laughs> well, maybe I can take some pictures and, and text yeah. you some pictures of some of my work. Yeah, can I share that on, like, Instagram? If you think it's worthy <laughs> of sharing. Oh, yeah. So do you do, like, really big ones? I have. Uh, I frame a lot of the pieces that mm. I do. And I did win a first place at state competition one year wow. for my stitching. So, what was the picture? It is. It looks like a shelf with teacups and saucers lined up on the oh. shelf. How how long did it take you to do that one? Probably about six months. Wow! Because I only work an hour or so a day at it in the evening when I'm relaxing. Yeah. Before bedtime, so oh, yeah. it takes a while when you're. <laughs> When you're not working at it eight hours a day, it takes a little time. Yeah. But it's one of my, I try different crafts and objects, and I do make a lot of little crafts and things, but that is my very favorite thing to do is the kind of cross stitch. I love that because I really, I particularly enjoyed cross stitching in school when we had, what did they call it, home economics? Yes. I don't know if they still do that nowadays. Now, did you do the one where they did a, like a, print on the material no and you start you did the i call it counting cross stitch because you have to do the yeah you have to actually like count where yes, you are and yes yeah, yeah. i don't mm-hmm. think they had the ones that you print i didn't even i wasn't aware that they do that that yeah. would make things a lot easier in some ways it does but with the material the blocks are all the same so your your stitches are more uniform oh okay so it's less curvier or less artistic yes okay it's a good place to start like for children i guess absolutely even though i have seen some very simple kits of the county cross stitch yeah yeah i'd like nina to try that for sure i think she'd like that yeah she seems very creative yeah she is she really is i mean jack would enjoy it too 
Yeah. I told you I taught them crochet, right? No, you hadn't told me about that. Nina, she's just so good at it. I mean, she's she's just doing chains, but I was just so impressed by how, like, she just... Because I just had so much blocks, like, trying to learn it, but she was just, like, on it. She's a natural. And, yeah. And she was determined, you know? You could see it when, when she's doing it. She's determined to just do it. And I, I was just like, I'm getting stuck and I can't... <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was good. And Jack did well, too. But she's the one that really enjoys it. Yeah. And they both sew. Not straight, but they sew. <laughs> it's an important life skill. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You said you homeschool your... Grandson. Grandson mm -hmm. once a week or more than... Actually, no, every morning. Every morning, yes. Okay. Can you, can we talk about that? I want to hear about that. Sure. I guess so. Uh, because they live in a large city and because of the culture that we're living in now that tries to promote a lot of things that we don't agree with. His mom and dad decided that they would rather have him homeschooled. And they felt confident that a retired teacher might be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do FaceTime. I do use a, a program. I don't try to create everything myself. Okay. I use a program. It's through Abeka. I don't know if you've ever heard of okay, Abeka exactly. or not. But that's the program that I do use. Okay. And so every morning we get on FaceTime and we start with the Pledge to the Flag and we sing songs. Oh. And we read some from the Bible. And then we do our language and our reading and spelling. Wow. He's memorized poetry for me. Wow. Math. We do arithmetic and history and science. But it's one-on-one. Uh, it's -on -one. And I feel like He's doing leaps and bounds. Wow. You know. So. so was it from the start he was... Started in Mountain Kindergarten, yeah. Wow. And we're finishing up second grade very soon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How long do you on, talk to him for on FaceTime? We work for about two to two and a half hours. Okay. A day. And then I give him homework. Okay. <laughs> I know that sounds a little odd, but... It's just reinforcing what we've done yeah. in the morning. Yeah. He's learning to write cursive. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and what thrills me even more is that he can actually read cursive. Yeah, that's the more important thing. Yeah, because yeah. so many children today, I know they don't teach it in public schools anymore. Don't they? No. My understanding is they feel like it's not as necessary since you have computers and everything is, is typed mm -hmm. now. But I think it's a really important life skill. It is. Every time I see cursive on paper or even on the screen, I point it out to my kids. Like, see, can you read this? Because <laughs> yes. that's why you should learn it. But, you know, I don't I don't want to force them. I think they'll, they'll just want to do it yeah. one day. And like with Nina especially, well, actually both of them, but Nina has been self-motivated in wanting to learn how to write just because, like, she wants to... Like when they make greeting cards for Mother's Day, yes. for example, and she wants to do it herself, or I don't know, she sees her brother doing it or whatever. She has to, you know, kids have to see us doing it. Otherwise, they're not going to want to learn that skill yeah. if they don't find any use for it. So she'll just randomly get a piece of paper and she'll ask, you know, how do I spell this? And she'll she'll start writing. Now, as a teacher, and, that sounds so exciting to me. Yeah, I, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Jack, oh yeah, like... So when was this? This is probably a few months ago. 
but I started writing again more. You know, I've always liked to write, but it's always just been really for me, like a diary or whatever. But I started writing more and posting it on on social media. Good for you. And so one of those I read to him, and another piece that I wrote, he read himself, and it really inspired him to. He said, "Mommy, this is really good, and it inspires me to write a diary." And I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it, right? Yeah, and so I asked my husband to go and get a notebook from the barn because our um our next door neighbor he's eighty three years old and he works for the board of education and he just like dumps all this stuff you know he like gave us this whole box of notebooks wow. and he gave us like several boxes of crayons like I'll never need to buy crayons <laughs> and um what do you call it like colored pencils. Mm-hmm. And just stacks of paper. I just I've got so much of oh, it. Marker pens. And so we ran out of a marker pen. I'm like, I'm gonna go and get one from the barn, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so we he gave us a stack of notebooks. So I said, Can you please get Jack a notebook? And I gave him a pen and he just started writing words that he was interested in, which was to do with the computer game that he really liked at the time, you know. So it's just it's beautiful to to see that, you know, the just self motivated, self led Yes, learning and yeah, it's been wonderful. You mentioned his uh, computer games. What does he like to play? Mario. Yes. <laughs> By any chance, did you get to see the Mario movie that's been out recently? You know, I really thought he wanted to see that, but he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, my kids are very sensitive to. So he saw the trailer for it mm-hmm. because they have that movie at the drive-in. Yes. And I, we've never been to a drive-in before. And I'm like, please, let's go to drive-in. Oh, you'll enjoy that Yeah, and guess what the movie is? It's Mario. And he's like, no. I'm like, what? And he said, Daddy showed us the trailer, and there's, like, explosions, and I don't want to see that. So I haven't seen it. I have. I went with my grandson to see it. I really enjoyed it. And I don't know that much about Mario. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And there were some exciting scenes. Okay, what happened? What was the explosion? Ah, there was a chase scene of some sort. See, I don't know a lot about Mario. I just know there was the princess that needed, you know, some help. So, yeah, she (laughs) needed me. And that that involved some of that. But overall, it was just a fun, to me, it was a fun movie. I'll tell him that. I I wish he would reconsider. (laughs) He might really enjoy that. I really hope he does, because I don't want to... Nina said, oh, we'll just go, just you and me. It's just not the same. No, it's not. I want all of us to go, especially for the first time at a drive-in. Yeah, this is where he needs to be just a little bit adventurous because it's it's nothing that I would be afraid for him to see. I don't think it would cause him nightmares or concern or anything. I think he would enjoy it. If he saw, saw the scenes that he saw in the trailer in the whole context of the movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell him that. Yeah. There are things that he just doesn't like or maybe he feels he's not ready for. Yeah. Like I bought this book for him that my neighbor recommended and I really thought that he would love it because he likes Huckleberry Finn and, you know, kind yeah. of real stories. He doesn't want to do fantasy novels like Harry Potter. He's like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Like I got The Hobbit for him. He doesn't want to Wasn't do that. interested. No, and so, and I keep running out of books to give him because he's just like devouring them. So I got that for him. It's called, I'm not going to remember it, but anyways, that's sort of Huckleberry Finn type story. Mm-hmm. And he started reading it and there was a dog fight. 
And he's like, I'm not reading it. He just does not yeah. enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe later when he's older. Maybe. You know, but right now, I haven't got anything else to give him. He's just rereading but all But that shows favorites. that he has a, a tender heart, too. He really has a yeah. very tender heart. Yeah. He's... And I can relate to that. You know, I'm a sensitive person, too. And Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, so, we can't shelter them from everything so it just takes time yeah yeah i'm glad that he's choosing though yeah not to expose himself before he's ready for that yeah he seems very wise i think his soul is probably very old (laughs) i had one of my children my oldest son said that he's an old soul in a young body (laughs) yeah would you agree with that yeah for the most part (laughs) (laughs) it's it's funny (laughs) <laughs> oh, brilliant. So let's talk about teaching. Okay. It's 27 years. 27. So I have questions about that. <laughs> I started out uh, doing student teaching in fifth grade. Okay. But when I got an actual job, my first year was second grade. Then the next year they moved me to fourth grade, and that's where I spent the rest of my teaching career. Okay. Nine-year-olds, that age group. Yeah. Love them. Absolutely love them. They're old enough so that you're not tying shoes and blowing noses <laughs> on a regular basis. But they haven't gotten to that adolescent year, the middle school years, where yeah. they just don't know who they are and mm. and are more rebellious. Okay. So fourth grade for me was perfect. They still want to learn. They still get excited about things. Okay. And I get excited, too. I, yeah. Learning has been a lifelong thing for me. I just love to learn new things. Yeah, that's Even perfect now. for a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Even now, yes. Yeah, I really get that from your energy. You're just, like, you just have this love for life and this interest for, yeah. So what were the, what was it like? I mean, I have so many questions, but okay, let's start with the first one. A classroom of children. They're all very different. Oh, yes. How many did you have in a class? This is going to sound fantasy. Okay. But the first fourth grade class, the second grade class was very, very small. But the first fourth grade class I had had 41 students. 41? Wow. There were two fourth grade classes, and both of us had an overflow. But at the time, 1973, before you were ever born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 83. That was 10 years ago. Uh, even though there were that many children, things were so different then mm. that, uh, of course, you had your talking and little things that you might have to correct. But for the most part, the children still wanted to learn then. By the time I finished in 99, I only had about 23 in the classroom. Right. But discipline problems were more prevalent. Really? And children didn't seem to have that desire to learn things. What do you think changed? I'm not sure. I don't know if technology had a lot to do with it, where we see things and everything's instantly happening in front of us. So... We don't get involved in reading and mm. anticipating and being able to wait till we get to that climax. 
because of it's just right there. Instant gratification. Yes. Computers. Why learn your multiplication tables or your addition facts Yeah. when you can just punch them out? Mm-hmm. But we don't know what happens when electricity goes out during the storm <laughs> and the Internet's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twiddle your thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> and you could, you know, that's a great time to read a good book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think instant gratification had a lot to do with uh, not completely destroying it, but causing a real slowdown in the educational process. That's very unfortunate. It is. I guess, yeah, there's a lot of things that compete with that now. Yes. Man. It's kind of sad. It is sad. Yeah. And so most of the discipline kind of problems were to do with attention? Most of them. The attention span of many of our children today is diminished greatly. Yeah. I need to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. We never used to do screens or computer games. I was very against it, very against it. And I think that was the right thing to do for our family Yes. when they were very young. Now, the reason that I've opened up to it is because Jack has a very um, engineering kind of mind. Mm -hmm. And he started out with Lego from the Duplo to the smaller pieces. And he was just a whiz with Lego. Wow. And then he advanced into the Lego that you can remote control. And he learned how to program the how he can, you know, make the things move. I'm just not that way in, in my mind. And so it's very impressive for me. And, you know, I don't want to, like, stifle him. And, like, I want him to be able to explore what he's really good at. And so... What happened after that, so he started using the computer to kind of do visual programming so he could make the Lego move. Yeah. And he actually created his own, like, he'd build his own cars and he could make them move. And he learned, like, he goes so in-depth with what he is interested in. And so you can talk to him about all the parts of the car and he'll tell you what they're for and what, you know. Fantastic. It's just amazing. And he knows how it works. He can build it. And, and then my husband works in, you know, my husband's a web developer. Right. So he found Jack this program that was for free by MIT. And it teaches children how to program and you can start from seven. And so they did that together for oh, every, um, so <clears throat> excuse me, every Saturday morning. And he was just so brilliant at it. Oh, sounds like and he has a fantastic career ahead of him. Yeah. And he started to build his own games. Oh. And so that kind of, you know, led into playing games that other people have made. And he's just got, I'm so glad that I opened up to it because yeah. the, I think I had a lot of fear of, you know, the, the usual fears, like he'll get addicted or, you know, he'll never be able to put it down. And, but none of that came true. He's actually very self-disciplined. Like, you know, he has a timer for when he's going to stop mm -hmm. playing the game and he actually follows through with it. Good. You know, I would be like, oh, well, I'm not at the end of the level yet, so I'm just going <laughs> to play for another two minutes. He's not like that. He will stop when he it's time. He will stop. Yeah. It's just, I'm blown away.
but he's learned so much about like percentages. Like I never had to really teach that. Yeah. He just knows about percentages, and and now he's playing this game called Animal Crossing, and there's like money involved. It's called bells, but you、mm-hmm. know he's like he built a house and he had got a mortgage for it and he paid for it and he's selling things and buying things and. It's just been wonderful. So that proves to us that there is good, there in, is te- good、yeah. in technology. There is, but it does need to be supervised. Yeah, it's like、um, it was really useful for me. Someone used the analogy of fire. You know, if、uh, if your four year old says, "I I want to learn how to start a fire," you know, you need to. There are benefits to that, but、yes. you need to be able to show them how to do it responsibly.、Yes. And it's the same with technology too.、Right? I get excited when I hear you talk about Jack and that ability, because I mean the world is just wide open to him with this talent that、yeah. he's got. Yeah, it is so very exciting. Yeah, he's very clever. He is just so interested in how things work, and he likes to. Right now, like a few days ago, I was texting、um, my mother-in-law because she was asking how are they, how are the kids doing school-wise. And so he was helping me to reply to her, and she said, "He said, 'Oh, tell her I really like learning like the words for new, new and strange things.' <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very blessed. They're very good, and、you、I'm、are. happy that they are. They love books.、It's、you know, they absolutely love such、books. an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sad thing that our that many of our children today have lost that that love for. Books and reading,、yeah. and going places in your imagination、mm. that you may never get to go if、yeah. you don't have that. Yeah, that's true. I read a lot of nonfiction. I just there are just topics that I'm like I just need to know more about it like right now. Yeah. And so most of my books are nonfiction, and he's trying to convince me <laughs> to read more fiction because you know, and he like. Put together the stack of books like his favorites, you know, like Matilda and、right. Peter Pan, and the, I, I can find you a picture. You put this stack of books, and he said, "Here, mom, <laughs> try these." Yeah, try these. <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to read fiction, but I'm so interested in this other thing. But yeah, I'm trying. Did you read to them when they were smaller, but before bedtime? Or yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. since baby. Since they were babies, we had those little baby picture books, and yes, yeah. So every night they would get a story, and whenever really during the day, yeah, yeah. And you know they will pick up reading on their own so quickly like that. Sometimes before you even realize they can, yeah, read. Yeah, that's what happened with Jack. I mean, we had a little Montessori-based reading program that we follow, but he only did like up to half of it, and he was just like, I don't need it anymore. And like I can't force him. No,、nope. you know he's already he's got it, and it just like clicked one day, and he just picked、I、up a book、it. and he was off to the races. I love it. Yeah. How is it like teaching a big class? You try to explain things and teach things in a way that most of the children are going to understand it. In the old days, <laughs> we used to divide children more by ability. Okay, and I know nowadays that sounds really horrible, but those who might struggle with reading or with numbers were grouped together so that you could spend more time and concentrate on what they were needing than those who 
were self-motivated like Jack and could just take off. Yeah. Just give them some instructions and they would, you know, yeah. go on on their own, using you more for a resource yes. than a teacher. Right. Later on in my career, they wanted it more combined. They had this idea that everybody needed to work together. I don't think in the real world it works like that, but that's what they wanted you to try to do. So it was much more difficult. I personally felt that those children who excelled in education were often neglected, and yet they are the ones who are really the future of not only our country but of the world Mm. and their abilities. Yeah. So that that distressed me a little. Yeah. You know. I would feel the same way, but also the the other children who were struggling with certain things, they lose that special time. Yeah. Right. So they don't get as much attention either. It it became a I saw it as more of a problem. I don't know that it's been fixed yet because I've been out of the public system for so long, but I don't think they address particular uh, abilities now any more than they did when I retired. Yeah. But that's a, a positive when you're doing homeschooling or even your small private schools. They yeah. can focus on the children yeah. and their abilities more. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, I bet you would have made a wonderful <laughs> teacher. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my parents totally, yeah. I mean, I, I said that at the dinner table. I was very young. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to be a teacher. I was like, I'm going to change the world. And they're like, yeah, you're not going to make a lot of money. That is very true. And yeah, that is true. Very, um, very true. Yeah, but now I kind of am in my own home, so. You are. You are. <laughs> yeah, but I just, it does make me wonder what that would have been like, you know. It can be so very rewarding. I bet. Yeah, it makes me emotional thinking about it now. I even have adults who were once my students come to me and say, you are the best teacher I ever had. Or, you remember that book you read us? Because I would take time, a little time each day, usually after lunch, and we would read a book for their grade level that some of them may have already read, but some of them weren't able to read on their own. Yeah. And we'd read a chapter a day, and they'd say, do you remember that book that you read us? Or, yeah. And then they'll say, I want you to see my children. And they, you know, oh, my God. It, it, I would just die of crying. It's oh, just, my goodness. It is. So there are financially, no, teaching is not, will not make you financially wealthy. No. But there are so many other benefits and so many other joys that you get from that. Yeah. That uh, I wouldn't have done anything else if I had it to do over again. Did you know from a young age that that's what you were going to do? I did. I I seemed to be just born wanting to teach. Wow. I, my mother had wanted to be a teacher, but uh, she was financially unable to attend college. She did get a two-year degree okay. and substituted some with a two-year degree, but she never got to be a full-fledged teacher. I had an aunt who was a teacher, okay. so I did have that 
that influence there. Yeah. But I never knew of anything else that I wanted to do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's just me. That's you know how beautiful. some of us are born that way? That's I was just yeah. born that way. You were one of them. <laughs> <laughs> one of the lucky ones. And sadly, too, on the sad part, I find that some people today see teaching just as a job. And to me, it was a calling. You know? mm. It was just more of something that I had such pleasure in doing, learning myself, that I wanted others to, to enjoy it, too. That's so beautiful. You know, your life sounds very purposeful. I hope I've touched lives positively. Yeah. Because, you know, we touch lives whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. So I would prefer it would be in a positive yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. I bet most of your students remember you. I hope so. <laughs> remember me fondly. <laughs> oh, yes. No, well, there's that. <laughs> I'm sure there are a few are like, she was so grouchy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and as much as I seem easygoing, I do have, I can have a grouchy side. Oh, yeah. That's important. Yeah. There's a song that I like called Look for the Good. And the lyric, there's a lyric in it that says, we all get mad sometimes and maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Sometimes we need to. Yeah. yeah. Anger is not a bad thing. No. It's an emotion. It's information. Yes. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I mean, you seem very chilled out. I'm probably the same way, but I get mad. Yeah. And there's patience. Some situations call for it, even with our own children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's hard. It is. It's hard. You know, we get triggers. We get triggered yeah. by certain things. And we do. What was the most challenging thing about being a teacher? The most challenging thing. Or one of the most challenging <laughs> things. Of being a teaching. That's, I have never really thought about that. Uh, let me look through my mind. The challenge. Probably that I wanted my students to love learning as much as I did. And only a small percentage of them seemed to love learning as much as I did. And yet I had to encourage them as much as I can and then mm -hmm. let them go and send them off. Yeah, you don't have control over... No, not at all. And at the end of the year, too. I mean, oh, you get attached to Now that's them. emotional when you get to the end of the year. Yeah. And they're even little fourth-grade boys throwing their arms around you and saying, I love you. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like, okay, good, I love you too. Now, go on. <laughs> you so, turn into a puddle yeah. every year. <laughs> but often, you know, I got close to my children. Yeah. And I called them my children. For that year, they were my children. Yeah. So what happened to them, I felt that. Mm. I've had... Uh, one a former student, beautiful, turned into a beautiful lady, mom, grandmother. And I saw her not very long ago, and she said, you know, you may not realize it, but my parents were going through a divorce when I was in your room. Oh. And she said, you were just so kind and understanding during that time. 
that it was something she really appreciated and it helped her to cope with it. And we don't know, Francis, sometimes that we're, yeah. sometimes we're just being ourselves. Mm-hmm. But people need that kindness and that understanding. Yeah, that ray of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty much, you've known me a little while, but you know I'm pretty much positive yes. more than negative. <laughs> and you're, you're very warm. Well, thank you. <laughs> very warm and welcoming and joyful, too. That comes from inside. Yeah. I'm joyful from the inside out. <laughs> Have you always been that way? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> That's another one of those things. Yeah, I've always wanted to teach, and I've always had this this inner inner joy, inner, inner peace. That's beautiful. It's like you came out of your mommy's tummy, and you're like, I'm ready. I'm happy. Hey, Let's world. Do this. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for me. <laughs> oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. I'm just thinking now of like if you had 40 kids in front of you and, you know, and they're all so different and you don't really know their story. And you yeah. just, I don't know, for me, I would just be like, I just really, like, I'd have this longing to really get to know them. You do. Each one of them. And yeah, and be able like, and you just can't because there's so many of them, and you want to be able to hold their hand and yeah, and just yeah. impart your love of learning. I don't even know if they teach that in teaching school. What they teach you when they're trying to teach you to become a teacher <laughs> doesn't translate very well into the actual classroom. Oh, they teach you procedures or lesson development. They do teach you some things about, you know, discipline and order because you can't learn in chaos. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. But when you actually get into a classroom and you're interacting with the children, I don't think that's anything that can really be taught. No. It comes more from experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a special, special job. I've been blessed with that. Very yeah. much. And still getting to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just, that's yeah. wonderful. I have more to ask, but I don't really have the words for it. You, just, yeah, I was just going to say, you made me uh, reflect and look inside more than I have in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I should thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's... Uh, it's brought up some emotional things that I hadn't thought about in a while. But that's a good thing to stop and reflect, too. It is. You know, life gets too fast sometimes. It does. Yeah. We had a big class, too, when I when I was in school. It was also about 35 to 40. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It was mostly orderly because it was right. a Catholic all-girls school. Oh, I'm sure it was very orderly. <laughs> so my first experience with like a co-ed, you know, group was in college, really. But yeah, it's it's a big class. And some people just kind of never even get noticed. And But everyone, I mean, you know, you have to check everyone's paper. Yeah. But like how, okay, where do I start? I don't know if this is relevant or not, but even in, in when I was teaching school, in seating arrangements, mm-hmm. 
I might start the year out in alphabetical order just so I could learn everybody's name. Okay. okay. But then we would have rows of seats, and once a week on Fridays before we went home, the person in the back, everyone who sat in the back, had to come to the front to sit next week, and everybody got shifted back one. That's a good idea. So everybody had to be in front, mm -hmm. and everybody got an opportunity to see what it's like to be in the back. Everywhere in the middle. But that's one way it helped me to learn yeah. personalities and individuals. Are there many times that you could that you felt that you could tailor their learning or is just too hard to do that? Those that love to sit in the back, they had to pay more attention when they got in the front. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't just slide down in their seats and, and pretend that nobody saw them. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that that sparked a little interest in them. And then the ones who always wanted to be in the front. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had to sit in the back and wait their turn to get up front again. Yeah. yeah. It worked for me. And they seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. They seemed to say, you know, hey, eventually I'll get to sit in the front. Or eventually I'll get to sit in the back and she won't notice me for a while. <laughs> yeah, I won't be the center of attention. But that's one way I got to to know them individually. Yeah. And I don't know how I came up with that. It was just a, An intuitive a thought one knowing. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I used that quite a bit. Was it hard to give someone a bad grade? Yeah, because you want them to learn. Yeah. You really want them to learn. It is difficult, especially if there's a lot of pressure to be perfect in their grades all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're not perfect. No. You know, and even though I realized that some of them had a lot more pressure than others, it, it was hard. But, you know, life can be hard, too. Yeah. And and grades, I wish, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it wasn't about that. Right. I was uh, I was reading a book by I'm not going to remember his name, but he was a teacher in New York in New York City, so very, very different to here, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. And um, and he just had a lot of problems with the system, and so he was a bit of a a rebel teacher, and he tried to you know, kind of give his own flavor to things and yeah. he ended up writing some books i'll send you his name because i can't remember it right now um but he's a big voice in the homeschooling or unschooling movement and i was reading a book and jack wanted to know what i was reading about and it was a part a section of it was talking about grades and why they're a bit harmful mm -hmm. Um, so I read a little bit to him, and and we've never he's never heard of this concept of being graded. Right. And I tried my best to explain it, and he didn't want to hear any more. He said, yeah. that sounds really sad. I yeah. don't want to hear any more of it. Yeah, it is sad. Yeah, because I, I was not an A student, and so I know what that's like. You know, and my parents really wanted us to do well in school. Mm -hmm. It was very important. It is. Because if you wanted to be somebody, you needed to get really good grades and go to the best schools. Right. 
there was a lot of pressure, especially in the Philippines where there's a lot of poverty. And my, my dad was very fearful that we might end up being poor, basically. Right. And I just did not get good grades. I was very poor at math, you know, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm just not that way or right. like physics or whatever. Right. And I just felt like a failure, you know, and, and I just wonder like what, if you're in a system like that, how can you, I mean, I don't know, I can't say how can you fix that because it's not really fixable, but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you get a, a class of 30, 40 kids and they're all different and they all have strengths and weaknesses and, mm-hmm. and your job as a teacher is like, well, for me, how I would see it anyway is like, how can I love each one of them unconditionally, right? Right. Like how, that's, that's such a huge, you see what I'm saying? Like, yes. I'm finding it hard to articulate. And the reason why I was thinking about that recently is because I've been doing a lot of like introspection of my inner world mm-hmm. and it's been useful to me to see different parts of myself even like different parts of my child self you know my wounded aspects for right. instance or or my dreams that I stuffed away because I didn't think they were worth anything or and so I've been really looking deep within myself and and you know we all have parts of ourselves that we like and parts of ourselves that we're not proud of right but all of those parts deserve love and compassion and attention. And so it's been useful for me to use this analogy of, of being a teacher in a classroom and how can I love all, all my children unconditionally, regardless of whether they do good or bad <laughs> things or if they yeah. excel or not in, in something. And I didn't have a lot of trouble loving them as individuals. They were all, each one, so special. But at the same time, because of this system of grading people, yeah, you know, that I can see where it could be really harmful. You, you begin to see yourself as not achieving. Yeah. When each individual person has been gifted to achieve in some way. Yeah. Yeah. But in a huge setting like that, it's difficult to do that. I had a heart for the boys. Aww. And I'll tell you why I had a heart for the boys. Well, I had two boys, so maybe I understood them a little better. But I found that with girls, girls can get into mischievous things. <laughs> and if they were caught doing something that they shouldn't be doing, and you corrected them, they did not like that. <laughs> they did not like being caught. First of all, and they did not like being corrected. And they would, for lack of a better word, pout for days about it. Whereas boys are mischievous. And when they would get caught, they would go, yeah, you got me, you know, and just go on about it. So I always had that heart. It didn't change the fact that they were going to get into something mischievous again, but they just sort of took it in a whole different way. They didn't take it as, you know, that you're personally attacking them. So That's I, interesting. It, I don't know if that manifests itself with your children since you have a girl and a boy, but I found that in general 
between the girls and the boys in the classroom. So I always found the boys a lot easier to get along with. Well, I had this one little boy, and he just seemed to be, I don't know, always finding ways to get into trouble. <laughs> okay. And one, this one particular year, we were raising butterflies oh. in science. And when it came time to release the butterflies, we would go as a class out into the field behind the school, you know, and, and open the, the box where they had been raised and just let them sort of fly out. Well, this one little mischievous fellow, I had to keep him kind of close by, <laughs> me anyway. And when the butterflies came out, a couple of those butterflies landed on him. And I said, oh, look, look. And he was amazed that these little butterflies had landed on him and nobody else. I said, see how special you are, you know? Because they didn't land on anybody else. They went to you. Yeah. And I hope that that gave him a moment of feeling really special because it was really special to me, and I remember it to this day. I bet he remembers that big time. I hope so. <laughs> That's, yeah, wow, because yeah. he probably saw himself as a troublemaker because everyone else did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, but that was a very special moment to see the look on his face with oh little butterflies. That's gorgeous. Well, it's been wonderful about yeah. talking with you. It's been so much fun. Yeah. It's good to get to know you a bit more. This is a little intimidating, right? Right there, <laughs> but not too bad because I do like the frogs. Yes. Yeah, we were. We have a frog collection. We really like frogs. Yeah. And so we were joking about calling it a frog cast. <laughs> and I mean, this is only half of, well, it's actually like a that. third of what we have, and I don't know where the others are. I like the name, though, Frogcast. Frogcast, yeah. <laughs> and I, they are my welcome crew, you know, drawing out your stories. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you've made me be more interested, like I said before, more introspective than I have in a long time. I'm so glad to hear Because I'm very interested in other people's stories. I like to hear other people's stories. Yeah. Have you listened to the podcast at all? Because the stories are amazing. I'll have to check out more of those stories. Yeah. You pro I'm sure you're not going to put this in. We're just chatting now. But where do you, are there, are these people you've met along the way in your experiences that you yeah. try to, just people that you've run into that you yeah. met? Yeah. So right now it's just, yeah, my friends in Kentucky who are right. willing to <laughs> go on the podcast, and it's going yeah. so well. Good. It's just beautiful. Good. You know, my vision for it is coming to fruition from day one, just the stories that they've shared. And, you know, and I just I just want to show the world how beautiful people are because it's, you know, you know what it's like when you watch the oh, news yeah. and... It's like, oh, the world is horrible and falling apart and blowing up. And <laughs> and they get you to hate everybody. But there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. Yeah. There really are. Individually. That's also something I tried to teach my own children, that you take each person individually. Mm -hmm. You don't take them as a group, an ethnic group, or any other kind of group. Take them individually because there's good and there's bad. And you have to do that one-on-one. -on -one. You can't do it 
as a blanket statement for yeah. anyone. Yeah. The moment that you do that, actually, it's de- dehumanizing. Yes. You know, when you label people. Mm-hmm. It, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slippery but slope. I think they've, they've learned that. I hope they've learned that. They have a multitude of different friends from different backgrounds and cultures, and, and I like that. Yeah, that's really very valuable. I've had the same experience. I've been all over the place. and You have. Especially when I lived in London and, you know, you get people from all over the world oh. coming there and just different accents and different, like, stories of how they were brought up. It's just so fascinating to me. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm human. So I still find myself, you know, ju- making judgments on people, but I'm, a lot less that way because of all the stories I've heard oh, you know yeah. I know that people are inherently good and when they are perceived as bad mm-hmm. there's always a reason for it yeah. so we need to start with just a blank slate when we first meet people yeah and take totally. it from there yeah yeah oh, I'm so glad that we met I know, me too. I'm so happy that you came to the market that day. Yeah. It's been really so great for us. I love coming to the meetings, and I'm so sad I can't come tomorrow. I'm so sad, oh. too. And, and we're really, really going to miss you, but I wish you the very best. I hope you have a multitude of adventures that are all good. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they will be. Yeah, I'll send you updates or pictures. Well, you, you have my you text, and... If you need my email address, I'll give you that. So Yes, please. Yeah. So as you travel, you might want to say, you'll never guess where I'm at today yeah. or what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just joined Facebook again, so I'll, I'll find okay. you. Do you use that much or not very well? Um, I don't post a lot, but I do check on it. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. so, so I'll send you my page on there. Okay. Because I'll be updating there. That'd be great. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I have a last question that I ask everyone. Do you remember <laughs> what it is? Let's see. Something, if I could say something, yeah. remind me. Okay, so my last question is, if you could tell the world, the whole world, just one thing, what would it be? If I could tell the whole world one thing, I would say life is a wonderful thing to have. It's not always perfect. It's not always pretty, but it is the most precious thing that you will ever possess. And I would wish that everyone would embrace the wonderfulness of being able to live and to know others and just to enjoy the time we have here. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Francis, for giving me some opportunities here. Yeah. <laughs> to express myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening to the Harmony of Stories podcast. I would so love to hear from you, whether it's a simple hello, a question, or any feedback you may have. You can connect with me via Instagram or Telegram. You'll find links to my social media on my website, wildflower.cloud. You can also drop me an email at wildflower at hay.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and are getting a lot out of it, 
please spread the word and share it with your friends, your family, and anyone you come across. If you feel called to support the podcast, I invite you to check out the Support My Work page on my website. There you can send a donation or connect with honest businesses, which I am proud to be working with. These include Thrive Market, where I buy my organic or non-GMO pantry staples, Law for Mankind, where you can learn about natural law and how to be a sovereign man or woman in these times. Thrift Books, my favorite online secondhand bookstore. And last but not the least, ASEA, the only company in the world who offer products that contain cellular messengers, vital in protecting, rejuvenating, and restoring the cells in your body. ASEA has been really amazing for us. It helped our cat recover beautifully from a neurological issue that caused her to lose the ability to stand up or walk. She's totally fine now. She's thriving. It's really, I'm very <laughs> blown away. And when I shared the ASEA Renew Gel with my neighbor Chris, who had a very swollen leg, he texted me the next morning saying that the swelling had gone way down and that the pain is half what it was the night before. I use this for everything now, from cuts and scrapes to itchy bug bites. And there are a ton more ways that this technology has transformed the health of others. If you would like to learn more about ASEA, you can book a call with me via my website at wildflower.cloud book. I'd be more than happy to tell you all about it and answer any questions you may have. Alternatively, you can check out the Support My Work page on my website and scroll down until you find ASEA. I love you all so much. Have a wonderful day.